Hi friends, welcome to the Start Thriving podcast, where trauma survivors come to thrive. Each week we will explore topics surrounding self-discovery, emotional processing, and reclaiming your power from past trauma. I am your trauma healing, deep feeling, coffee sipping, nervous system regulating host, Chelsea Bartell. I am so happy to guide you home to yourself. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Start Thriving podcast. I am literally recording this episode on a whim. Um, I had an adult tantrum today and it was frightening (laughs) and beautiful. Um, There's a lot of anger that came up and my body suddenly didn't know what to do with it. And it's that God, I want to run, I, I, I need to punch something, I want to scream, I want to jump out of my skin, I want, to, I want to get away, but at the same time, I want to attack. Um, and so I just let myself have it. I let myself have it. I let myself beat the shit out of my bed and my pillows, and I screamed into them, and I let myself vocalize some really important stuff. Um, while this was happening. Um, What triggered this adult tantrum um, is my attachment wounds. Um, So for those of you who don't know about attachment theory, um, I'll, I'll share another episode going into depth about attachment theory, but in a nutshell, um, attachment is how our caregivers showed up for us as we developed. Um, So, you know, we're, when we come into this world, we are absolutely helpless. Um, You know, whereas other mammals and other animals um, come into the world and can, you know, be feeding themselves, um, finding water, surviving from the moment that they're born. But we are very, very different. We very much need and rely on our caregivers to meet our needs, make sure that we're safe, seen, heard, understood, um, and that we survive. So as we develop, we start to learn how available or unavailable our caregivers are going to be. You know, so when we... Um, react with an emotional outburst and it gets our parents' attention, that's, we immediately make a connection in our nervous system that that's how I get other people's attention. So we start to make all these different associations about how we get our parents' attention um, and how available our caregivers and our parents are to us. You know, so we grew up with a lot of different circumstances. Some of our parents are... I feel like this is the least common, um, but some of our parents are very emotionally balanced. They're very regulated. They're very um, even, right? And when we have a parent like that, we're able to understand that, okay, I get my needs met. 
I'm safe. I, I can now venture out into the world on my own and I'm safe and secure with myself, by myself, for myself. Okay. Then what happens is we get, um, a scenario like, um, we have an anxious attachment style, which means that our parents or caregivers are inconsistent. You know, sometimes they're really there and they really show up for us and they really love us. Um, but sometimes they are dealing with their own challenges or they are not emotionally balanced themselves. So we learn that, okay, mom or dad isn't going to be there for me because they've got their own things going on. So I need to find a way to get them closer. I need to, I need to pull them closer to me so that I know that I'm safe, secure, um, seen, heard, and I'll survive right? But then we have the fearful avoidant attachment style, which is um, a little a little bit of both. We kind of, in this attachment style, we flip back and forth. So it's like, I want closeness, but I've been hurt in closeness, right? So maybe we have um, a parent that's kind of um, suffocating, like, they're really there or they're like too um overly affectionate or you know um we fall down and bump our knee and they have a big freak out and then we have a parent that's maybe not emotionally present or is working often um so we rarely get that connection from them so we kind of learn to flip-flop between those two um and while we have this really deep desire for connection We've also learned that that's a place that we get hurt. Um, so we we want to pull in, but at the same time we push away, right? And then we have the dismissive avoidant, which is I have been so deeply hurt in closeness and in relationship to others that I'm going to keep everybody out. I am going to isolate myself on this on this little island because I can take care of myself. I don't need anybody. It's no big deal. I got me and that's it. Um, so in a nutshell, those are the different attachment styles. And in, in coming to do a deeper dive or um, reevaluation of my attachment style, there's always new devils that come up, you know, so like new level, new devil. And, and as we're on this healing journey, we're, we're always going to keep peeling back those levels. So we're always going to get a new devil. Um, and this one just honestly kicked my ass. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to go deeper in finding levels of safety and security in being me and being alone and being an individual, right? Because I really desire for closeness. I really desire um, to be connected to somebody because I didn't feel like I had somebody that was present or emotionally connected to me. So I really desire for that. But at the same time, um, I need to find that within myself because it's not sustainable to consistently outsource our needs um, we need to we need to learn how to be able to meet our own needs at least half of the time, right? 
And that's really what a secure attachment is, is learning to meet our own needs at least half of the time. Um, and then when we find a partnership, you know, then we have that other 50, but at least we're never running on empty, right? Because we know how to meet our own needs and we know how to take care of ourselves as an individual, right? Um, and really, really the message in that is like, we feel safe as an individual. That's the biggest key thing is, is feeling safe, right? It all comes down to, do I feel safe in connection? Do I not feel safe in connection? Um, do I feel safe in intimacy? Do I not feel safe in intimacy? Um, so that's really the, the underlying idea that connects all of these attachments and the way that we relate to ourselves and to, um, coworkers and friends and family. That's, that's the idea of how we relate. Anyhow, back to my adult tantrum. I felt these wounds come up, you know, because now I'm more aware of my attachment style, right? And I'm, I'm learning more and I'm bringing more to the surface. Um, these, these things that went unconscious for a long time, they can get a little out of control when you bring them into your awareness, Right, So these unconscious behaviors where I was pulling people close to me to make me feel safe, when I bring that to my conscious awareness, it's going to cause some problems, right? Because our nervous system is arguing, no, that's how we've been safe this whole time. That's how we've survived this whole time. But we're not surviving anymore. We are not a child in our childhood environment. We're not going through the same circumstances, through the same events anymore. We're in a different place, right? But our nervous systems travel back in time. Quite literally, we travel back in time to a place where we felt that abandonment or rejection or dismissal or disappointment um, of, of our, from or of our caregivers, right? So where was I going with this? I, I traveled back in time, essentially, and that part of me was alive, okay? Now, when those parts are alive, when, when we get triggered and then we're alive in the past moment, right? That's a very key thing to ask yourself when you're triggered or when you feel like um, your response isn't appropriate to the happenings or the situation is to ask yourself, what part of this is the past and what part of this is the now, okay? And it, it might be difficult to discern once you're really in it, um, but if you can start to become more aware and feel that climb into a triggered state, asking yourself this question will make a really, really big difference. What part of this is the past and what part of it is the now, okay? So... I had to ask myself when I felt my body get really hot, I felt like I wanted to run away, I felt like I wanted to leave, I wanted to scream, I wanted to attack, I wanted to sit and cry. I felt all these things start to come up. I asked myself, what part of this is the now and what part of this is the past? Okay. And when I came to that, I realized that this was a much younger part of myself. That this was, this was Chelsea when she was abandoned and when commitments weren't kept and when 
consistency was difficult to establish and when she didn't know she would be able to receive love or when she was invalidated and unheard, that part of me was alive. Okay. And rather than numbing or dismissing or suppressing or ignoring, I was just there. Right? Because we can't heal anything if we ignore, suppress, deny, um, numb. We have to be present for what comes up. And that's what's scariest about doing this work. I'll, I'll be straight up with you. That is the scariest fucking thing about doing this work is that we have to be present for what in the past looked really overwhelming, right? What we couldn't handle in the past, we have to be present for now. That is how we heal. That is how we uh, move forward and get resolution and get peace. So as I'm, as I'm in it and I'm realizing I've got to be with this, I just kind of intuitively said, I'm angry. And I went back to my bed and I grabbed my pillow and I just start punching my pillow and, and I start smacking my hands down on the bed and something starts to move. You know, I start to feel um, in that moment, you know, like I lost kind of track of everything else and I, I'm, I'm so there. And as I start vocalizing what's going on, I said, how dare you not be there for me? I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to be seen. I deserved better. I fucking deserved better. How dare you not do your work before being my parent? And what I realized is that I deserve to be angry and I have not let myself be angry for a very, very long time. Because I desired for that closeness, I was also self-abandoning. I was also not acknowledging my feelings um, about the things that have happened in the past and the ways that I've betrayed myself in recent to get connection. And anger is a really, really beautiful emotion because it lets us know where our boundaries have been violated or where we have received less than what we deserved, right? So oftentimes people are afraid of expressing their anger um, because it can feel like that really blinding rage where you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's the intent behind this exercise is to let yourself do that. Obviously, in a safe space, um, maybe if you would prefer to have someone safe around, that's okay. But make sure that you're allowing that anger to come up in a way that feels good. Um, you know, like, make sure that you're not censoring it. Um, because especially coming from an anxious attachment style, I know that a lot of times I'm censoring my feelings because I don't want to be abandoned. I don't want to push someone else away. I don't want to say something um, that they disagree with or 
resent me for or dislike. You know, so there's a lot of censoring happening in there. So (laughs) when or if you decide to have an adult tantrum, don't fucking censor yourself. Don't fucking censor yourself. Let yourself scream. Let yourself cry. Let yourself punch the pillows, the bed. Um, You know, maybe a a wreck-it room is a good idea. Um, Maybe if there is some place where you can go and just break things. Obviously, I'm not saying vandalize. Please don't go out and do that. Um, But give yourself a space to do that because it's really, really important. There are a lot of things um, in a lot of situations where we get less than what we deserved or our boundaries weren't respected or we were powerless for a point in time or we were oppressed um, where we didn't speak up for ourselves, where where we didn't get to be who we needed to be. And a part of us needs to be angry about that because we didn't get to be who we, we needed. Um, a part of us deserves to be angry about that because that's how we get healing. When we're angry, that creates change. It says, I'm not going to fucking do this anymore because that was bullshit I can't believe I let myself do X, Y, and Z for so long, or I can't believe I underwent X, Y, and Z for this person. When we get to that space, that's when we can create change. That's when we begin to see, I deserve so much more than I got. And one other thing I do want to mention, um, while, while our attachment style does develop in the hands of our caregivers, um, it's important to understand that they were also human beings too. You know, so when I was, when I was raging and I said, you know, why didn't you fucking do this work? Um, you know, why is it on my shoulders? Why is it all on me? Um, it's important to let myself be angry and not blame them. Okay. Because we, we cross into dangerous territory when we resort to blaming. Blaming gives our power away, right? If we are constantly in a state where we're blaming someone or something else for our problems, we're never going to have the ownership and the responsibility to heal it. Now, let me clarify. I'm not saying that anything you got, you deserved. I'm not saying that by any standard. You didn't deserve any of the things that happened to you. But what I am saying is that now what you left with, what you feel now from those experiences are yours to deal with. There's this quote that I really love that the trauma was not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. Right? And that gives us so much of our power back. Because if we're always trying to get resolution from that person who hurt us, or if we're trying to get them to apologize for what they did or recognize our pain, we're always going to be waiting on the other. And that's just not fair to us. And it's not fair to our healing and it's not fair to our journey. So be brave. Take ownership of the ways that the trauma affected you. And, and process it out, feel it, be with it, have the courage to acknowledge 
those younger parts of yourself and, and what they went through and maybe what they still feel or never got the chance to feel. Um, <laughs> one last thing that I want to capitalize on. If, if you really resonated with the statement uh, that I shared about my adult tantrum being that, why is this my fucking work to do? I just want to see you and recognize you because you are the only person brave enough. In your family, you are the person brave enough, strong enough, resilient enough, capable enough to navigate this pain. That's why you're here. That's why it has fallen on your shoulders. Because those before you couldn't do it. Those before you didn't want to do it. Those before you didn't have the tools to do it. And now you do. And you've been given the opportunity to be the cycle breaker. And it is a massive weight. Don't get me wrong. But it is also a massive win for all the generations that come after you. You are changing your lineage. You are healing your family line. That's a really big fucking deal. And it can often get cloudy when we're in it and feel like, why is this on my shoulders? Why have I been cursed to deal with this? You know, why couldn't they have done that work before me? I know it. I absolutely know it. But you are the only one brave enough courageous enough, bold enough, willing enough to do this work. And I just want to recognize how badass that is. I see you and I appreciate you and I love you and keep doing what you're doing. Now, one more thing before we go. I'm making this a habit. Let's regulate. Take a moment with me. And I want you to get curious. I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to slow down. I want you to be still for a minute. And I want you to notice what's going on in your body. What do you feel? Is there tightness? Is there tension? Where do you feel contracted? And once you've found that space, I want you to just focus on it. And you don't have to engage with it. Just just focus on it. Know that it's there. Okay? See if you can describe it. Does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Does it have an age? Just focus on it. 
What I want for you to do is to ask it. What do you need from me? How can I support you right now? What are you trying to show me? And likely, you'll receive an answer that you weren't expecting, or that maybe you've been avoiding. Maybe something that makes you a little panicked, and that's okay. But the most important part here is that we're listening, that we're compassionate, that we're open to exploring. Now that you've got your answers, that you've listened to this part of you, I want you to send it love. I want you to send it warmth. I want you to focus on it and imagine that it slowly begins to unfold, untangle, unravel itself. itself, it reveals a beautiful white light. This white light is a part of you that had been hiding under that pain. Because these beautiful, warm parts of ourselves are just cloaked in fear. They hide because they don't know if they are safe or not. And what you did for yourself right now, by curiously exploring, by giving this part your attention, is you let it know that it's safe to be You let it know that it is safe to come forward, that it is safe to be loved and seen by you. I want you to amplify this light. Imagine turning up the volume until its warmth touches your body from head to toe. And it's okay if this image isn't that clear or if you feel like parts of yourself are resisting it, that's okay. The point is that we're showing up 
The point is that we're trying. And once this light has warmed your whole body, it's time to take a deep breath in. And slowly release. You may feel a new awareness, a new sense of calm, a sense of play or joy return to you. Love it. Take care of it. 